0: Chapter number 17. Continuing to look at Elijah. I tell you I am studying I kind of feel a connection with this fellow more than I ever did before. I tell you, he is, he is something else, over Elijah is. And continuing to look at the story of Elijah. So tonight we'll be in 1 Kings 17. We'll start our reading in uh, verse number 7 down through verse number 16. And I titled this one Unselfish Submission miraculous supply, unselfish submission, miraculous supply. Last week we started looking at the miracles of Elijah or the miracles that occurred at the hand of Elijah or during the time of Elijah. And the first miracle we see in chapter number 17 when Elijah comes on the scene, the first miracle that takes place is Elijah walks in. He tells the king, It's not going to rain. First miracle that Elijah performed that we have record of was he turned the rain off for three years and six months. He just walked in and shut it down. And because of this miracle of judgment, God then had to, or God didn't have to, but God did perform several miracles of provision to take care of Elijah during this time of famine. Last week, we saw how that God sent him down by the brook, uh, how God enlisted the ravens to feed him uh, there by the brook, and they brought the food to him and cared for him as he camped there by the brook. But whenever you're camping by a brook, uh, during a time of no rain, eventually the brook uh, is going to dry up. Now, I like, uh, you know, kind of playing this out in my mind. You know, uh, my brother and I, we hiked together and, we was hiking here a while back and we camped up on the hill away from the main campground and there was just a little bitty trickle of water running down the hill. Well, we didn't want walk down there where the main campground was to get our water so we went over there where that little trickle was and we took and dug out a pretty good sized hole and dammed it up uh, so that in the morning before we took off we had a good hole of water we could fill our bottles out of and we didn't have to go down into to the main campground. You know, we was reserving the water. I think that I'm sure that Elijah, being the mountain guy that he was, as that brook started drying up, uh, Elijah probably dug him out a good hole. Uh, he probably made sure that he was catching water. He probably made that water last as long as he could, but eventually the brook dried up. And whenever the brook dried up, uh, God responded with yet another miracle of provision. And again, just as the ravens was an unlikely source of provision, God again used a very unlikely source uh, as the means uh, of His provision. So let's read uh, here in 1 Kings chapter number 17, starting in verse number 7. The Bible says there, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. She said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Boy, I tell you, I love this verse right here. This is just... I and mean, we'll get to this in a minute, but I mean, can you imagine what went through this lady's mind as they, Elijah said what he says right here in verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after it make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, Neither shall the crew of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. I thank you, Lord that you have recorded this story in your word. And Father, we can look at this story and Father, we can see the application of God, how you used this widow to provide for the prophet of Elijah and in doing so, oh Lord, provided for herself as well. And Father, as we look at this story tonight, I pray dear Lord that we will be encouraged. I pray we'll be challenged. I pray we'll go away from here. Oh Lord, ready and willing to serve you in whatever way that you need us to. I thank you, Lord, for those that have came out tonight. I pray dear Lord that you'll bless each of them. I pray you bless their families. I pray Lord that you'll be with each of the requests that was made known. Lord many folks uh, the Lord, facing surgeries and physical ailments Lord I pray that you'll be with each one of them. I pray dear Lord that you'll touch their bodies and be with them and the other needs that were mentioned as well. And Father bless now as we look at your word and Father we'll thank you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Here in this passage of Scripture, we see yet another example of how God likes taking what seems incapable, the people that seem unable. and God enjoys taking those people and enabling them through His power, uh, to be capable of bringing glory to Him. You know what? Oftentimes, uh, whenever we think of serving God, uh, the first thing the devil likes to come and put in our minds uh, is that we are not capable of doing it. We are not qualified. We do not have the means. We don't have what it takes. Uh, But as I look through the Word of God, I find out that that uh, is the people that God likes to take. Uh, He likes to find someone that is not qualified, that is not capable, that does not have the means and then God, through His power, gives them what they need so that they can go and do what God needs done and God is glorified. This is what God specializes in. And here in this story, we have a widow who had nothing to give. Honestly, this lady had less than the widow who gave two mites. This lady didn't even have two mites. This lady had absolutely nothing to give, had nothing that she could share. But because she obeyed God, she was not only able to provide for the man of God, but also her own needs were supplied abundantly. This lady didn't have anything for herself. She didn't have anything that she could give anyone else. But because she obeyed God... Not only was she able to take care of Elijah, but she was better off than she ever was before. But I'm about to spoil the story. So before we spoil the story, let's jump into the passage and watch as the mercy of God is shown miraculously to both Elijah and the widow. As we start in the first story, End of the story. The first thing we see uh, is a necessary relocation. A necessary relocation. As we've seen there in verses 7, 8, and 9, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Now, before I go on, there's some very interesting facts about Zarephath and Zidon that I didn't include in this message because I don't know if I have time to preach all the message anyway. But uh, you need to look into that. Zarephath and Zidon was not an Israelite country. As a matter of fact, it was tied closely to Jezebel. And so you start looking at all these facts, you know what, it's almost like God saying, Jezebel... We're going to use your country to supply for my people. There's some interesting things. Y'all go study Zarephath and Zidon out. You'll enjoy all that you see there. But what we look at here is we see that Elijah was relying on a stream for his drinking water, and when it's not raining, eventually the brook will dry up. And because of this, God said, Elijah, we're going to relocate you. We're going to move you to another location. You know what? Something we can learn from this is that God has promised that He will meet our needs. God has told us in in His Word that He will meet our needs, but uh, He does not always supply our needs in the way that we expect. And a lot of times we feel like God is not going to supply our needs because we are only looking at at certain sources uh, as being potential ways for God to meet our needs. But God doesn't always supply in the way we expect. Uh, He doesn't always supply from the same resource. Uh, But what we do know is that He will always uh, supply. Elijah had a need. Elijah needed food and water. God sent him to the brook. Uh, God sent the ravens. The brook has dried up. Uh, Elijah needs food and water. uh, And God says, I have yet another way to take care of you. You know what? Sometimes God will bless us and we'll see God supply a need and we'll see the means by which God supplied that need. And whenever another need arises, we want to go back to that source. But God may have a completely different resource, He may have a completely different place, He may have a completely different avenue. We just need to trust that He's going to supply our needs and we don't need to worry about how when or where he's going to supply those needs uh, so we see that he doesn't always supply from the same resource but he does uh, always uh, supply so we see that there was a necessary relocation it was necessary for Elijah to move on and when he moved on God sent Elijah to an unlikely resource an unlikely resource we've looked at this mentioned this already but in verses 9 and 10 the last part of verse number nine it says behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. I love how God uses the unexpected to accomplish His will. Now, the brook had dried up. But brooks are the first thing to dry up. I mean, this coming summer, it's very likely that there are streams that run in the winter and in the spring that this summer are going to dry up. There won't be any water in them, and then maybe later there will be. The brook is the first thing to dry up. So it's very likely that although the brook at Sherith had dried up, uh, that there were bigger streams, uh, that there were bigger rivers. Uh, I'm sure the Jordan River still had water in it. Uh, There were more bodies of water, more sources of water, uh, that Elijah could have said, Well, Lord, this brook's dried up. Which brook do you want me to go to next? Uh, This brook is empty. There's no more water here. You want me to move over to the Jordan River? I can camp there by the Jordan for a while. I can go to the lake and camp there for a while. What body of water do you want me to go to? There were plenty of other resources, it would seem like, uh, but God, He always enjoys doing what we don't expect. God had more in mind than just sustaining Elijah. You know what? you and I, you and I are incapable of seeing as God sees. And I'll just give you a little clue right here. The sooner you learn that, the simpler your life will become. because we do not see, what God sees. And most of the time, the things that we are worried about and the things that we are stressed about and the things that just bog our mind down God already knows the outcome. God already knows why He's doing it that way. God already knows what He's trying to accomplish. And we just need to accept that we cannot see as God sees. When the brook dried up, Elijah understood that my source of food and water has came to an end. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. And as godly as a man as Elijah was, I'm sure his main focus was on finding more food and water. But God had a far, bigger picture uh, than just providing more food and water. God had more in mind. Elijah needed fed, but the widow also needed fed. Elijah needed food and water. uh, But the widow also needed meal and oil. God had more in mind than just taking care of Elijah. He was going to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. God had more to do than just feed Elijah. God was able, but the widow needed meal and oil. The widow needed her faith strengthened. God was able to accomplish all of these things by sending Elijah to an unlikely resource. When Elijah arrived in Zarephath, we see that he introduced himself to the widow with a purposed request. He had a purposed request when he introduced himself to the widow. Look here the last part of verse number 10. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. When we come to the last part of verse 10 and verse number 11, we see that Elijah made a purpose request. Now, I think there were multiple purposes here. If you remember, his brook dried up and he had to walk to Zarephath. He was thirsty. So there was one purpose he really did was some water to drink. He was thirsty, been walking a long time, needed some water to drink. But I believe there was more to Elijah's request than just the fact that he wanted some water and he wanted some bread. Now, there's two ways that we could look at this purpose request. One way that we could look at it is that when Elijah got to Zarephath and he saw the widow, Elijah's faith began to falter, Lord, I need food and water, she don't have any, maybe that's where Elijah's mind went, and maybe he said to her, bring me some water, she got up to go get some water and he's like, oh, okay, so she's good on the water, uh, how about some bread, maybe I, Elijah was testing the water to see if this lady had what he needed. But I really don't think that was the purpose of his question. could have been, but I don't think it was. Because if you remember for the last several weeks, uh, maybe even a few months, uh, this guy's been sitting by the river and the ravens have been bringing his food to him and ravens don't necessarily have a food source. And they've been bringing all this fresh fruit and baked goods and and steaks and whatever they was finding. And they've been bringing them to Elijah and taking care of him. And so uh, to see a widow lady, I mean, at least this is a human with a house. uh, I don't think that he was worried that she wasn't going to be able to provide. I don't think that's what it was. But I think that Elijah purposefully spoke to the widow because he wanted to start a conversation with her and he wanted to help her with her unbelief by reminding her of the promise of God. Elijah showed up and the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that during this famine there were many widows who were suffering and struggling because of of the famine and Elijah knew when God told him to go to a widow and widows were known to not have much and it's in a famine, Elijah knew God was sending him to a lady who didn't have much to offer but God told Elijah, he said Elijah, he said I'm going to supply what she needs to be able to take care of you and God told Elijah, he said I have commanded her to feed thee, now sometimes we miss that point. This lady knew Elijah was coming. She knew that Elijah was coming to town. She was expecting Elijah, but she didn't have any bread in the house. And so I believe that when Elijah arrived in town, he wanted an opportunity to remind her of the promises of God. So he looked at the widow and he said, Bring me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. That I may drink. Now, I have to commend the widow right here. Water, if you remember, was a precious commodity. It hadn't rained. Water was something that was precious. But the Bible says that when he asked for a little water in a vessel that he might drink, she went to fetch it. She took off to get it. You need water? We'll go get you water. I can imagine in her mind as she turned around, she's like, oh, God, man, I thought you was going to want me to feed this fellow and I didn't have any food. Thank goodness he just asked for water. I've got water. I can go get water. Thank you, Lord. You kept it inside what I had to give. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm going to go get water. And about that time, she heard Elijah say, ma'am, stop.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Yes? He said, I pray thee, bring a morsel of bread in your hand that I may eat. The lady turned around and she looked at Elijah. And she said, As the Lord
0: thy God liveth, I do not have a cake. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like God was wanting you to do something, God was moving on your heart to do something, God was stirring you to step out in faith for Him, and you just turned around and looked at God and said, As the Lord my God liveth, I'm not trying to be rebellious, I'm not trying to be disobedient, I'm not trying to be out of the will of God, but as the Lord thy God liveth, I do not have a cake. Elijah, I would bring you bread. I know God commanded me to give you bread, but Elijah, I do not have a pe- of bread. Elijah, I'm sorry, but I don't have any bread. She said, Matter of fact, behold, picking up two sticks. I'm going to take them home because at home I've got a handful of meal. I've got a little bit of oil in a cruise. And I'm going to mix it together and I'm going to bake it. And me and my son are going to eat it. And Elijah, we don't have anything else. We've been rationing this meal and oil out for a long time. We're nearly starved as it is. We're going to eat this last cake. And Elijah, we're going to sit there in our house uh, and we're going to starve to death. I know God told me that you was coming, but Elijah, I can't do this. Sorry. I'm being honest with you, Elijah. I can't do it. And I love what Elijah said. I, I, I jumped ahead and combined two points on you there. Your next point, number four, is an honest reply. She responded with an honest reply. And I love what Elijah did.
1: In verse number 13,
0: the Bible says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son as we was reading the text I told you that I love this verse right here I, brother Dave I've almost memorized it because I've read it so many times I mean I love this verse right here she tells Elijah she says Elijah I'm being as honest with you as I know how I know God sent you I'm being honest with you I do not have any bread all I have is a handful of meal and a little of oil. I'm going to make a little cake going to have it with me and my son and we're going to eat it and we're going to die and Elijah said fear not fear not Go ahead, go do what you've said. Go ahead, go make the bread for you and your son, but first, make a little cake for me. Can you imagine what went through this lady's mind? Is this guy deaf? Is this guy not listening? Is this guy not hearing what I just said? I just explained to him that I do not have anything to give him. I just have enough bread for one little bitty bite for me and my son. And he told me to go ahead and go make bread for me and my son. Just make him a cake first. This guy's loony. What in the world is wrong with this guy? Elijah wasn't worried one bit when she told him that she didn't have any bread for him because Elijah knew that God had said he was going to supply what was needed to take care of him and her. So I imagine when Elijah looked at her, and he said, Fear not. Go do what you said. I imagine his eyes began to twinkle a little bit. I just just have to imagine that they did. He said, But make me a little cake first. I believe Elijah knew what was going to go through her mind. Elijah knew what she was going to be questioned. Elijah knew that all this was going to be rushing through her mind. I believe his eyes twinkled a little bit. He probably smiled a little bit. And he said, go make me a little cake first. Because God knew that this lady was getting ready to experience the miraculous if she did what God told her to do. We see here that Elijah told her, he said, go and make me a little cake first. You see, often, God wants to do great things through us. And I believe that applies to everybody that has put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to do great things through us. But first, He wants to see if we are willing to step out in faith and rely on Him. God wants to know, if we are willing to step out into the unknown, completely trusting that He will do what He said He will do. God wants to see if we will believe Him. Too often, too often, we are all guilty of this. We have a realm of known. We know how much money we have. We know how much food is in the pantry. We know how much gas is in our automobile. Uh, we know uh, uh, all these things. We know where we live. Uh, we know how far it is to different places. Uh, uh, we've got our budget. We've got it all figured out. All these are things that we know, uh, and many of us uh, will serve God and serve God faithfully and serve God diligently as long as it is inside that realm.
1: that I'm getting ready to
0: spoil my conclusion here, but it just fits right here. You're never going to experience the miraculous until you step outside of that known realm. This lady knew, I don't have enough bread. Elijah, I want to do what God said, but I don't have enough bread. And Elijah said, Fear not. Step outside of what you know step beyond what you can see. Step off the edge of the cliff and trust that God is waiting to catch you. Just go ahead and step out. You know the reason I believe that we don't experience the miraculous anymore, the reason we don't hear people talk about miracles anymore, the reason we don't see mind-blowing acts of God anymore is because we don't allow Him to work. We never step outside of the realm of where we are comfortable and where we are safe and where we are secure and there's no need for the miraculous God wanted to see if this
1: lady would first make a cake for Elijah
0: make me a cake first in verse 14 before she took off Elijah reminded her and he encouraged her with a promising revelation in verse 14 he said for thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now, I don't know, but I have to imagine that Elijah said to the lady, Fear not, go and do as thou said. Make a cake for you and your son, but first, first make a little cake for me. I don't know. When you read the scripture, it just goes right on into the next verse. But Brother Randy, I believe he just kind of stood there for a minute. Do it go ahead, do what you said. But make me a cake first, and then after make a cake for you and your son. He just stood there for a second. Let it sink in and watch your expression. Then he said, But the Lord God of Israel say. The barrel of meal shall not waste. And the crews of oil shall not dry, run dry till the day that the Lord God sendeth rain upon the earth. You're like, oh, okay. Well, now, I mean, it's good to go now. No wonder she was willing to obey God. No wonder she was willing to step out. No wonder she ran on home and made that bread. If that's how you really feel, then how come are we so hesitant to step out and do what God says when His book is full of all kind of promises just exactly like that that apply to you and I? No, it wasn't all of a sudden easy for her. This guy that just wandered out of the wilderness has been living by the brook for the last three months for however long he had been there. I'm sure he wasn't all that manicured at this time. And he says, the Lord God of Israel is saith, Barrel mill won't run empty. Cruiser oil won't run dry. You'll fix me a piece of bread first. I'm sure all kind of questions went through her mind. Is this really a prophet of God? Is this guy using the phrase, the Lord God of Israel, just to get me to give him my last little bit of meal? Because everybody was in a famine right now. Nobody had bread. And whenever people get hungry, people will do some off-the-wall things in order to feed themselves. Maybe she began to wonder, what is this guy? Who is this guy? Is he really the prophet of God? Is he trying to take my last little bit of bread? Who is this fella?" But the widow, but the widow had a believing response a believing response. In verse number 15, we see the Bible says, And she went and did according to the saying
1: of Elijah. You know what?
0: A lack of faith, a lack of being able to see how God is going to provide, I believe has hindered a lot of people from being able to experience the miraculous ability of God but this lady although she couldn't see and although she had no understanding of how, she was thinking in human terms just like you and I who's going to bring me a barrel of milk who's going to bring me some more oil Okay, so the prophet says God's going to supply it but but who's going to bring it to me who's going to give it to me where's it going to come from it didn't cross her mind God was just going to put it in the barrel Where's it going to come from? How's God going to supply it? And you know what? A lot of times because we cannot see and we cannot understand, we never experience what God is able to do. But this lady, she responded in belief. You know what? I believe if we want to experience the miraculous, we must be willing to place ourselves in the area of the miraculous. You're not going to see God do a miracle until you need a marriage. You're not going to see God lift you up out of an impossible situation unless you are in an impossible situation. You're not going to see God provide a need that you do not have. You're not going to experience the miraculous until you put yourself in the place of the miraculous. Miracles don't occur unless there is a need from it. And unless we allow ourselves to operate outside of what we see and understand, I'm telling you, we'll live our whole life and never experience a a miracle. God is capable of doing things that are far bigger than we are. He has the ability to provide far more than we could have ever dreamed. But first, you've got to be willing to enter the realm of the miracle. You'll never see it unless you need it. Whenever we get into that place where I am no longer equipped, I'm no longer in control, I no longer have the means. I am completely, totally helpless. Then God steps in. You look back through all these miracles that we've looked at. Whenever David was facing Goliath, there was a need for a miracle. Whenever God told Gideon to... Narrow his army down and narrow his army down until it was just a few hundred men and go and take on that mighty army. He had entered the realm of the miraculous. Whenever Moses stood before the Red Sea with all of the tribe of Israel behind him and the Egyptians pursuing after them and there was that mighty sea, he had was at a point where he could no longer do anything. He had entered the realm of the miraculous and when you enter that realm... That's when God takes over. I believe a lot of times we don't understand who God is and what God's able to do because we never give Him an opportunity to show us. We see here that this lady believes God. And in verses 15 and 16 we see that there was a miraculous result. The Bible says, And she and he and her house did eat many days. The barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. There's a little video that I watched. I really wanted to play it tonight but I figured I wouldn't have time. It was a little slow paced too so I didn't know if y'all enjoyed it as much as I did so I left it out. You can look it up on YouTube. Just Widow of Zarephath. You'll find it. I watched that and
1: it showed her Baking the cake for Elijah. She took her cruise of oil. She poured it into the bowl. She held it up and it dripped, dripped, dripped. She set
0: it down. She took her barrel of meal and she raked a few crumbs of meal that she had out of the barrel into the bowl. She mixed it up made a little small cake, and she baked it. In the video that I watched, she had her son
1: carry the cake over to Elijah. Elijah just took a bite of it and smiled at her.
0: Then he took another bite smiled at her. Then he nodded at the cruz oil. She reached over there and she picked that cruz oil up. She looked at Elijah and looked at the cruz oil. She turned it up and the oil just ran. I'm telling you, when I watched this video, I watched it earlier this week while I was eating my lunch. I'm telling you, y'all say I'm emotional if you want. I had tears running down my face. I was just crying. I'm like, oh my goodness. To experience that and to have been there when this lady believed God and she poured out everything that she had. She poured out her whole life. She let the cruise of oil run dry. She raked the meal out of the peril. She made the cake and she gave it to Elijah. And although she was believing God, I am sure that in her heart she was concerned that she had just given away the last bit of life that she had. That she had just taken food out of the mouth of her baby and given it to this stranger. And I'm sure that her heart was torn. But can you imagine what went on inside of this lady when she picked that cruise of oil up and it ran Again, when she picked that barrel of meal up and she reached her hand in and she came out with a heap and handful and she recognized that she was under the control of an almighty God. I'm telling you what, it just stirs me up to think about what God can do you know what, we need to quit acting so afraid. We need to quit being so nervous. We need to quit being so untrustworthy. And we need to learn to just go ahead and get out of our comfort zone and get in a place where God is able to show us exactly who He is. By living
1: where we're comfortable, we miss the excitement. Melissa, my wife, Scared to death of heights. She just she's terrified
0: of heights. And in Tennessee, there where you're going down towards Smoky Mountain Knife some of y'all probably seen it. Some of you probably been on it. There's this thing called the Sky Bridge. This bridge, half a bridge, looks like sticks out over top of a big valley there, and it's got a glass bottom in it. Well, her and I was there up uh, by ourselves. So, uh, let's see here year and a half ago? It was their 20th anniversary, so yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. We were there in that area, and she said, I want to go walk on that thing. I'm like, you don't want to walk on that thing. I'm telling you, it'll scare you to death. No, I want to walk on it. So we went up there, and we got there in in the gift shop, and she backed out. "Uh Uh-uh, I ain't going on that thing. I changed my mind. Well, the guy that was working the shop, he kind of was overhearing the conversation. He said, I tell you what, I'll let you go out for free. He said, if, you, if you're nervous and worried, he said, I won't charge anything, y'all just go walk out on it and see how far you can make it. Well, I walked all the way out to the end, you know. I walked right out across it all the way out to the end, and I'm looking down in the valley. And I turned around, and she's about halfway out on that thing. <laughs> I mean, she's worried. I'm like, I turn around walk back to her. I'm like, come on, come on, I'll, I'll hold your hand. Well, let's walk out here. And She made it all the way to the end of that thing. She was nervous, and she was worried. She stood there for a minute and we got back off of it. But you know what, every time we have been through there, we go to Florida to see the boys and we come back through and if I drive by Smoky Mountain Knifeworks and don't stop, there's something bad wrong with me, you know. And so every time we drive by that thing, whoever's with us, She's like, look, 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 look up there at that bridge. You see that thing? I walked on that thing. I was up there. I looked way down. It was so big. It was so beautiful. You could see so far. It was so amazing. And boy, she just brags and brags. And she tells everybody, you need to go up there. You need to walk on it. You've never experienced anything like it. And she goes on and on and on. You know what? That's exactly where you and I are when it comes to being able to see what God can do. Here it is. God says, you're nervous. You're afraid, you're worried, but nothing's going to happen to you. And when you get out there, you are going to experience things that you have never experienced before. You're going to see the power of God in ways you've never seen it before. And you may have met someone that's been there. And I'm telling you what, all they can tell you is just trust God, brother. Just trust God. you just got to step out in faith, brother. you just got to believe God. And you're looking at them like, what in the world are you talking about? The difference is they've been on the bridge. They know God's going to take care of you and you're going to experience things you've never experienced before if you'll just believe that God is able. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number 3, verses 20 and 21, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory, both in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout out, all ages, world without end. Amen. This evening, let me ask you, are you willing to step out into the miraculous? Are you willing to step out and see what God can do? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The widow of Zarephath had nothing. She was completely unqualified. She was not able, impossible, to do what God asked her to do. And she said,
1: okay, I'll do it. And because
0: she obeyed, she was blessed abundantly. Here was a lady who, before she met Elijah, was getting ready to die. After she obeyed God, the Bible says that she ate, Elijah ate, and her house ate for many days. Now, if you look at that phrase, her house, that was more than her and her son. She fed herself, her son, her mom and dad, her brothers, her sisters, everybody. She fed her whole house. Whenever you see that phrase in the Bible, it talks about the whole family. She fed her entire family for the rest of the famine. Why? Because she gave the prophet a little cake. You know what? Well, sometimes what God asks us to do when we're looking forward, it seems enormous. But after we've been where God wants to take us and we turn around and look back, it's just a little bitty thing. And we're like, wow, I can't believe I even struggled over it. Let me challenge you this evening. If God works on your heart to step out in faith, step out and experience the miracle. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your word. I thank you, dear Lord, for this story. Lord, it's challenged my heart, Lord, to be more willing to step out in faith and just see what you can do. And Father, we thank you for it. I pray you be with us as we go down different ways throughout the rest of this week. I pray you bring us back to your house on the Lord's Day. Give us opportunity, Lord, to tell someone about you. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Godsmith.